We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swagger from the corner. Yes! And a foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swagger feeling his third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. Welcome uh, to the first episode of the Cole Swider Show with my good friend Patty Casey and two of the best uh, producers in the game, uh, two Syracuse students that are uh, into the game now, Adam Lewis and Jake Sheridan. Uh, we just want to give a quick shout-out to them. Hey, Patty, this uh, this feels right. This is, this is actually got out of the yeah. group chat. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's excited to get it going. Uh, thank you to you for the opportunity, first of all. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait for all this. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to Jake. And, yeah, couldn't be more excited to get it going. Yeah, I mean – I think this has been a long time coming. I know I wanted to do a podcast when I was at when I was at Syracuse with Patty and uh, shout out Jimmy Jimmy Beheim. We always talked about doing a podcast, but um, it feels right. You know what I mean? I, I think two of the best shooters in the NBA today, JJ Redick and Duncan Robinson, have a podcast. So I, th- I felt like it was just it was just right. It's, it's exciting. It's it's good to know we're the first you know NBA player, first athletes to actually start a podcast. So it'll be it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Um, like you said, shout out Jimmy Beheim. A little backstory there: we had a, a group message me, Swider, Jimmy Beheim. Kind of flowed the idea out there. wasn't Was always kind of a running joke throughout the year, and then yeah, me and Swider followed through with it. Jimmy's obviously killing it in Greece right now, but he'll be a frequent frequent guest of the show. So hey, shout out Jimmy, huh? I was I was yeah. I was up I was actually at Syracuse a couple weekends ago talking to Coach Beheim. He said, uh, <laughs> you know, Jimmy. Had, had 16 <laughs> points and eight rebounds in his first game. They're feeding him first-class food. Yep. And I was like, typical Jim, you know what I mean? He yeah. ended his last game at Syracuse. Uh, what, what do you have, 28 on Paulo? Yeah, right, yeah. So King of Barclays. Yeah, so, I mean, king of the dome, king of Barclays. Chin. Um, Best part about Jim, too, is you don't have to watch the film there. You just know 14 of those points were with his right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Unorthodox game, but... But yeah, just just yeah. going back to the show. I mean, it's something that me and Patty talked about for a while. I'm just, yeah, we just got that little diversion on Jim. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's natural. <laughs> the show's natural. He deserves it. Yeah, he deserves yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, back to the podcast. You know, I mean, me and me and Patty have been talking about it for a while, and we're super excited to get it going. Um, we're, we're planning on talking to a lot of different players and coaches throughout uh, basketball. Um, hopefully, some of my Lakers teammates, a lot of Syracuse people, um, and just really excited to get this thing going. Um, obviously, Patty, I think is. 
the, one of the funniest and probably best looking guys there is. <laughs> so uh, yeah, both of those very true, especially second. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to host the show with him. Yeah. Um, like I said, appreciative of the opportunity. I'm sure people see the Cole Swire show, the little, the, the very, very tiny font with Patty Casey. They, they're probably thinking, who is this guy? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm your, I'm your common nine to fiver. Kind of riding Swider's coattail here while he, he lives out a lot of basketball players' <laughs> dreams, gets his NBA career started. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to have all the guests you mentioned on and, um, yeah, basically just dive into basketball, dive into whatever else, and not mention college football from this weekend especially. So Yeah, seriously. I mean, after that tough Notre Dame loss. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's... I mean, I'm a Syracuse fan, so it's <laughs> It's all good. It's all good, but – but yeah, I mean, me, me and Patty were obviously teammates at Syracuse. Patty was a walk-on at, at, at the Cuse, and after I spent three years at Nova, I, I decided to transfer to Syracuse, and me and Patty got along right away. Uh, I, I would say from the second I got there, Patty was probably the one of the hardest workers on the team, even though uh, even though he was a walk-on. So I, I, I've always respected hard workers, and, and, and from there I kind of just uh, – we kind of just gained a little uh, – Relationship, shout out to uh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to Fitz for rebounding for us on those late Sunday yep, nights. Shout, shout out to Brandon Grant, uh, always coming through to rebound. And I, honestly, oh, hey, shout out Dom Samanji. Shout out Trey yeah. Senecal. Shout out all the managers. Shout out Draymond, aka Brian Drew. Shout yeah. them out too. Didn't know his name was actually Brian until like ten months after I got there. But uh, yeah, it's pretty funny looking back on. Like I was thinking we were getting prepped for the show. It's like basically 13 months ago to the day that I, I moved in. That's when we met. You are very nice from the start. My parents loved you. Classic. <laughs> Firm handshakes. Tell me, or telling them you're going to take, take good care of me, which you definitely did. And then, um, yeah, the relationship kind of just started from there. I feel like I definitely, definitely bonded over loving basketball, which a lot of guys at that level, I never thought I'd be at that level, but I feel like most guys kind of flock to each other when, when that you have that in common there. And then, uh, yeah, I think that first weekend together, like you said, we went golfing with Fitz, and I kicked your ass, and then from there it was just kind of a budding friendship, and here we are. So yeah, let's not bring up the second. Let's not bring up the second matchup. <laughs> no, that didn't. That didn't really happen. That was yeah. It's like the Notre Dame losses weekend. Uh, it didn't happen. It was just a tough. Yeah, I was. I wasn't gonna say that, but I'm a Syracuse fan. So. Yeah, Syracuse fan. Hey, shout out to Syracuse football, two and zero right now. Yeah, honestly. Shout out them. Sean Tucker putting up Heisman numbers per usual. Oh, per usual, yep. Uh, Sharon doesn't have a mic, but I'm sure he was in attendance. Oh, yep. I mean, we were we were we were three hours away. I kept pushing for him, but they wouldn't budge. So I would have been there if I could. Oh, he does have a mic, <laughs> really. I thought I could chirp you, and I wouldn't get anything back. But oh yeah, it was at UConn, right? Jake was probably back at the yeah, Syracuse having a thirty pack with his boys. Yeah, I mean, you know I, I mean? wish. Just, yeah. just typical Sheridan. I also want to shout out. Uh, I got the smallest mic in the history of podcasting here. Which, uh, that's a strong start as a podcaster when you show something on video that the listeners can't even see. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, definitely. So why don't you get into a little bit, like, what we're trying to accomplish here. Like, what, what the goals of the podcast are, what people can expect week to week. Yeah, I think the goals of the podcast are just to bring on guests to kind of go deep dig deeper into their stories. You know what I mean? I think everyone at this level, mm-hmm. NBA, college, ha- has a unique story. Uh, I I know from personal experience, you know, I mean, a lot of people go through hardships to get to their to get to their ultimate destination. So I think for me, it's all about digging deeper. And and honestly, um, I've always really 
liked when people are able to talk to the media and not have to feel like they're giving a giving a, yeah. a media type answer. You know what I mean? You're talking with the talking yeah. with the boys, um, talking with obviously Patty, who's a very friendly guy. Me, myself, I I try and think of myself as a, a fun loving good, yeah. good kid. So uh, I think just kind of going off of that. I mean. Obviously, I I know from personal experience. I mean, the best players that I've ever, I've played with have all gone through some some type of adversity. If that's Sadiq Bay not getting recruited in high school, if that's Colin yeah. Gillespie getting recruited to the same conference as Patty Casey at one point, you know what I mean? It's I, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's a high level conference. The CAC is high level basketball. Yeah. So I mean, hey Patty, give me a little background on uh on your basketball journey. On myself, I don't know if the listeners are really looking for that, but uh. Yeah, very briefly. I, I played Division Two for three years, and then my uh, senior year got canceled because of COVID. That's, um, you know, when I kind of started looking at playing in a grad transfer year, emailed just about every single coach in the country, and um, they must have not been by their laptops because didn't, didn't get many bites <laughs> back for a scholarship. But uh, long story short, I'm from Scranton, PA, as I will make very known on this podcast. And... Um, Jerry McNamara, GMAC, who hopefully will come on soon. Grew up basically idolizing him. Everyone who plays basketball in my area does. My AU coach played with him, and then through that, there's a connection. Emailed, applied his cues, and then ended up there. And honestly, still cannot believe it happened. Definitely didn't belong there in a lot of ways, but uh, made the best of it, had fun. And then, yeah, parlayed being a walk-on into uh, started in 9 to 5, like I said recently. Love my job. Shout out to my job. But um, when Swider called me about the podcast, I, I couldn't be more excited. So, yeah, like I said, just kind of riding coattails as for as long as I can here and see how far it can take me. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not lying here. We were at a Miss Orange event last year, and Coach Beheim said in front of the whole entire crowd that Patty Casey was the best walk-on in Syracuse history. <laughs> so, yeah, I still have that audio. That actually is my ringtone. So whenever <laughs> anyone calls me, it's a uh, video. Jim Beheim say that I'm the best walk on he ever had, which very nice of him. Shout out, Coach Beheim. Definitely didn't have to say that. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, everyone made the whole experience great. But I feel like that's enough about me. We could start moving on to the important things here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. And uh, Patty was definitely what. Patty came in every single day, like I said before, a really hard worker and did all the right things. So I'm, I'm just happy that I got to meet Patty. And yeah. I also, before with the uh, conference, shout out saying it was a great conference. It is a very high level of basketball. I feel like when you play Division Two, Division Three, if you're a walk on, <laughs> you are completely obligated every single turn to be like, oh, no, it's a high level of basketball. I swear. All right, Chris I mean, LeVal. I really swear. Like, it, it, they're, they're good at basketball. So, um, yeah, I could carry the torch for uh, my fellow small college players there and follow the protocol of just being like, no, 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 I swear I'm actually good. Like, And I also have a men's league uh, that I just started. First game's tomorrow night, so I'll be updating you guys, even though you don't care, week to week with my uh, stats, my averages, yep. and our records. So. Yep. Uh, the, the Casey crew, right? You, your brother. Yeah, me, my older brother, who played Division Three, played at Williams. Um, very high level basketball there. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun. See what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you asked me about my recruiting process. Want to dive in. I, we were kind of talking about this pilot episode, what we wanted to do to intro the podcast and get it launched here. And I think the first pseudo guest we'll interview 
on the Cole Swider show and make sense if we interviewed Cole Swider. So thought that would be the best route, kind of get a background completely. And uh, I'm sure, you know, obviously there's so many fans that are listening, but maybe new Laker people. Um, a lot of Q's people followed you so closely last year, but may not know, like, completely what your background's like. So if you want to give a brief kind of rundown of, of the early Swider. Yeah, man. I, I think uh, I grew up in a basketball family. Um, my, my dad's 6'8", my mom's 6'3". Um, and right, when I, right from when I was born, I kind of got a basketball put in my hands by my father. Yeah, definitely. Um, Wait, quick, quick, quick. Got a shout-out where your dad played. Yeah, my dad played at uh, Fordham University. My mom played at New Hampshire. And, Sh- go, go Rams. And he was – Jeff Swire was a walk-on, wasn't he? Yep. A recruited walk-on. Fellow walk-on. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Recruited walk-on so that's exactly at Fordham. where you got got all your talent. Yep, yeah, definitely. Oh, recruited? Well, that's better than I am, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, kind, kind of from uh, – from, from the jump, my dad put a basketball in my hands. Um, they actually started a youth basketball league in town, so they gave me every opportunity to, to play against uh, older competition. My dad always had me play up in the leagues and went to public school up until my freshman year of high school. Uh, went to Portsmouth High School for my freshman year. Had a pretty good year, and then after that, um, Coach Hart at St. Andrews recruited me to, 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 play at, uh, to play at St. Andrews. And If anyone knows Coach Mike Carr, he's probably the funniest – uh, in, in his turn, best looking, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he's uh, he, he's one of the best guys there is. He came into like three or four of my Syracuse games. Did he ever year. come on as a guest? Oh, Coach Coach Hart will be be on the second we ask him. One hundred percent. I've I've never met him. I've only heard stories, but he uh, sounds like he'd be our, one of our best guests. So we got to make that happen. Yeah, for all, for all these Syracuse people listening, I mean, Demetrius Nichols went to my high school. Mike Carter Williams went to my high yeah. school. Bryson Goodine, who spent a year with us. Uh, went to my high school, and obviously, uh, I kind of I'm kind of continuing that Syracuse tradition from, uh, from St. Andrews Definitely. Syracuse tradition. So, um, so yeah, had, had a great uh, four years of high school. Played with BABC, which is a, a Nike EYBL team out of Boston, and then after that, um, I, I got recruited by a lot of the top schools in the country. Uh, my final four was Duke, Xavier, Villanova, and Syracuse. Um, and out of high school, I actually decided to go to, to Villanova for three years and had a great three years at Villanova. Um, played with a lot of great players. Like I said, Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah yeah. Robson Earl, Eric Pascoe, Phil Booth. Um, learned a lot from, I think, one of the best coaches in the country alongside Coach Bayheim, Coach Wright. Um, just learned a lot about everything. You know what I mean? I think, I think he's probably one of the best in, in-game adjusters that there is. Um, and just learned a lot of my time at Villanova. And then after my junior year, uh, Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels decided to come back for a fifth year and kind of wanted to just just show what I could do at the next level. And with those two great players coming back, I thought it was best that um, I put my name in the transfer portal. Coach Wright really understood. And if, if it wasn't for those guys coming back, I might have stayed at Villanova. Um, and obviously mm-hmm. the, the transfer rules changing as well. You know what I mean? You got to, got to play right away. Uh, that was that was a big factor in my decision as well. So when I went into the transfer portal, um, really w- was down between Syracuse and Indiana, um, and chose Syracuse quickly there. In Indiana. Indiana, yep. Oh, I didn't even know that honestly. Yeah, Mike Woodson. I never asked you that. I thought it was I thought it was just straight orange all the way. Yeah, but. yeah. No, I, I liked Indiana a lot. I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah, but it ended up being Syracuse in three days. So. It's, it's, you yeah. saw how fast. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. How, how much I thought about it. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, when when you have G Mac recruiting you, and then you have Coach Bayham coming on the phone for fifteen minutes, just <laughs> you're gonna yeah. you're gonna shoot the ball, son. <laughs> you're gonna shoot the ball, son. Yeah. 
And, yeah. um, it, it was just it was an easy decision for me, and obviously the, yeah. they just went to the Sweet the 16. Way to type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, playing with Coach Beheim and yeah, I, I think you know what I mean. That it was just the best decision for me, and obviously this year it kind of kind of showed um, and mm-hmm. definitely showed what I, what I could do. You know what I mean? Second half of the year, I thought I really picked it up. And uh, obviously, we didn't have the season we wanted from a wins and loss standpoint. But uh, I think with me and Buddy on draft night, getting getting those two ways and kind of going from there was it was a great decision. Electric, yeah, yeah. All right, I want to pause real quick and go back to uh, the high school days. Yep. If you don't mind, yeah, let's go back. I feel like, I feel like I feel like a big uh, you know theme of this podcast will be we have guests on. A lot of guys are being like a similar scenario. You kind of just getting the pro career started. Honestly, selfishly, when I think of myself two or three years ago, I would look at a Cole Swider or a Buddy Beheim or, um, you know, someone in your guy's shoes. And <laughs> for me, it's like a, a dream life type of thing. Like, it's it's completely like you can never even understand. Like, you give up on that dream when you're in, like, seventh or eighth grade. And you're like, you know what, I'm probably going to top out at about 5'11". So <laughs> I don't know if Syracuse is necessarily in the cards. So... I feel like the listeners and, and a lot of people be in the same boat where they, they're wondering, like, when were you like, you know what, I, I think I'm able to play at that level. Like, you're playing in high school, or maybe it's grade school. Do you have, like, a, a game or an instance where you're like, I feel like I'm a little bit different than other kids that are on the court right now? Yeah, I mean, growing up it was always a dream. And I, and I had a guy named Andrew Stravitz grow up in my hometown who, who ended up playing at Butler. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of gave me like this this confidence, this swagger that I, I could do it for my hometown. And then I grew up with Chris Heron. Chris Heron played in the NBA for for three years. My mom actually w- uh, works for him, uh, doing his speaking engagement stuff. Shout out Chris. Hopefully, hopefully he, we can get him on the pod as well. Um, and and he those two guys kind of kind of showed me that it was possible to make it from my area. So, um, I, <laughs> I people. Uh, I mean, I thought I was confident. I think some people would say I was cocky um, growing up. Um, but Really? Yeah. That shocked me. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, from from a young age, I thought I could possibly get to Division One. But I think what really separated me was I think my sophomore year at St. Andrews, um, I got offered by Boston College that, that fall. And that was the first time right. where I was like, all right, like this is this is a reality. You know what I mean? And uh, I went up, actually went up to Syracuse that summer and, and so, went to the elite camp. And uh, G, G Mac knows about this, but at that at that time, Coach Beheim was going to retire and uh, Coach Hopkins was going to take over. Yeah, yeah, Hopkins. Yeah, he was the succession plan. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and, <laughs> and Coach Hop brought over me, Isaiah Stort, uh, a couple other guys. Isaiah Stort, obviously on the Pistons now, a good NBA player great NBA player yeah. um, from, from that area and uh, he offered Isaiah Store right in front of me and uh, he didn't offer me a scholarship which was, was kind of tough at the time oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so so it, it's all good but and then when uh then Hop, Hop ended up coming to one of my high school games and offered me but right but I think I think that summer um, getting that off from Boston College that school year being a leading scorer on my on my team at St. Andrews as a sophomore um, that was the kind of year where I realized, hey, maybe I can play high major T- to the degree that of getting recruited by Jay Wright and Jim Beheim and Coach K. Yeah, uh, I didn't think I didn't think those were a possibility at the time, but I mean, when you work hard, good things happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you 
tell the people how many points you scored in high school? <laughs> You've kind of just glossed over that. That's like a staggering number. Yeah, I I, uh, I scored twenty nine hundred points in high school. Yep, coach yeah. Coach Hart kept count of every point. <laughs> yeah, funny story from last year. This is actually the first weekend or first week I was in Cuse. Um, remember we saw that kid and you were shooting on like the inflatable hoop that was on the street, I and do. then you made like you made like twelve in a row. And this kid's like, oh, dude, you should be on the basketball team. <laughs> so I was like, uh, actually, yeah, I am on the basketball team. And then the kid's like, oh, really? Where'd you go high school? Swatter says. Kid's like, did you score 1,000 points? <laughs> Swatter's like, uh, yeah, I was 100 short of 3,000. So. <laughs> hey, but then Joe Girard's next to me, and he has 4,000 points. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, I know, honestly. I'm like, all right, jo- Joe Girard is 4,000 points. game, and- like. Yeah. yeah. So it's all good. Sleepwalking to 50. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, b- between me, him, and and whoever was standing next to us, we had like 7,000 high school points. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. And then I think I scored 900. So well, that's like that's like 8,000 that high school points right there. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you factor that in, yeah. then. The other thing I want to get into is like initially when you decide to go to Nova, yeah. like kind of walk through that decision more in depth. Because your senior year was the year that it's honestly one of the better teams in recent memory when they won with, like, Brunson and Bridges and all them, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was actually the, the summer before they won the national championship. It was uh, – I, I took – I actually took my official visits during the summer, and uh, I took a visit to Syracuse. I took a visit to, to Villanova. And, uh, I mean, at that time, it, just, it was just a feel thing for me. You know what I mean? I, I loved every school I visited, mm-hmm. but – uh, it just felt like the right place for me to be. Uh, Villanova, Villanova. At the, I mean, they still have one of the best coaches in college basketball. Coach Wright, obviously, one of the right. best coaches in the country. And I mean, what they sell to you is, is like, hey, you're gonna come in here, you're gonna earn everything you get. And at that time, you know what I mean. Duke had the number one recruiting class coming in the country. Syracuse had a, had, a, had a lot of guys who, um, Tyus Battle, you know what I mean, Frank Howard, yeah. Shea Brissett. They had a lot of guys who um, were gonna be there. And then. Villanova was going to probably have three or four guys going to the NBA. So in my eyes, I'm like, hey, like this is it's a good opportunity for me to come yeah, in and play, there. play right away at, at Villanova. And then, I mean, June of that year, Sadiq Bey comes in, who's a first round pick in two years. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, it was a uh, it was a decision that it felt right at the time. Um, I mean, like I, I love my time at Villanova, and I mean, I, I learned so much during that time. So. Can you walk through like EYBL a little bit more? I feel like everyone loves those stories. Yeah, I mean. Who's, like, the best player in EYBL? I mean, that year, EYBL was loaded. I mean, Beside yourself, of course. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Uh, I mean, R.J. Barrett was was in, was in the league that year. Mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley was in the league that year. Mar- I, I'll never forget this. We're playing against Marvin Bagley's team. And before the game, I mean, I played for a legendary uh, AU coach, Leo Papillo, who works with uh, – who actually still works in the NBA yeah. with uh, the Clippers. And uh, – <laughs> For the game, he's like, you know, what I mean, we got to shut down Marvin Bagley. I mean, he's good, but he's not—he's not what they hype him up to be. So the first play of the game, Marvin Bagley goes in and out, cross, dunks on dunks on someone. Yeah. Leo looks yeah. over to the side. He's like, all right. Next play, someone—one of their players airballs a shot. He he gets the he gets the rebound and goes reverse dunk on on top of our big guy's head. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's gonna be the number one pick in two years. Don't sweat it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> sounds about right. But yeah. uh, but no, but Leo, Leo is uh, he's a, he's a great basketball mind, and we had actually ended up beating that team. We actually ended up beating them, so that was a good win for us. 
But I mean, EYBL was great. I mean, my my BABC team. I mean, selfishly, was probably one of the better. It's probably the best BABC team in the past. I mean, ten, wow. Terrence Mann and Bruce Brown would probably disagree. Not to brag, yeah. I mean, probably the best why. team in the past ten, uh, eight years. Because because that's eight years. that twenty okay. that twenty twelve team was George Niang, Nerlens Noel, Jake Lehman, uh, Andrew Shravitz, okay. Wayne Selden. Lehman, really, he's from there. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. So uh, that team was unbelievable, but. I mean, yeah. after that team, I mean, Terrence and Bruce probably disagree, but we, I think we were the best team since then. We, we went 11-5. Yeah. and five. Um, There's a ton of talent up there. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing about Leo is that he's not going to chase kids. You know what I mean? He's, he's not going to yeah. do that. And uh, we, 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 had a, we had a really good team. And since then, we, we've had some good players, but it's, it's been hard to kind of put together those teams because, I mean, Definitely. Leo's old school. You know what I mean? Leo's, Leo's the, yeah. the best. Um, I mean, you mentioned Lamb and some of those other guys. I was curious about, like, the New England basketball scene, like how that kind of helped you, like, grow up. I mean, you had guys that you look up, like you mentioned Duncan before. I mean, who, again, another Division three All-American. <laughs> so, very high-level basketball there. But um, <laughs> kind of talk about, like, you know, growing up, looking up to those guys and how that shaped, not how you play, but also, like, your work ethic, all that type of stuff. Yeah, like I said, I grew up... It's like most people, you know, like in their area, they don't have double-digit amount of people where they could like look at and be like, oh, this is, you know, a blueprint that you can follow to get to that level. Yeah, I mean, in terms of New England New England basketball scene, I think the NEPSAC's one of the best leagues in the country in terms of Brewster, North Vermont Herman. I mean, St. Andrews has a great program. Tilton obviously had 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 their stretch of NBA players with Georges and and uh, Nerlens and Marcus Zegarowski yeah. and Terrence Mann and I mean the list goes on and on. So I think I think the New England prep school scene is great. And then when it comes to I mean I mean I think a lot of people in the Northeast know this, but I mean when you're in high school you reclass in in New England you have to. It's just yeah. it's just a part of the, the the prep school scene, and I mean Duncan, <laughs> Duncan did five years of high school and five years of college, yeah. And I was about to do well, the same thing. Jimmy did that too, didn't he? Yeah, Jimmy did that as well. Yeah, Jimmy's our age. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's, Laval did like ten. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, some of these some of these guys now with the COVID years are doing yeah, six seven years of college. It's unbelievable. I mean, I was looking for a sixth year. I mean, it's like it's like full transparency. Like Chris Laval's young in college now. Yeah, honestly. Shout out Chris Laval. I'm 32, getting my fourth degree. Yes, exactly. Shout out Chris Laval, uh, great Syracuse walk-on, like Patty. Yeah, he'll be just an, Yeah, he's the goat of all Syracuse walk-ons by far. Yep. Not Sean Belby at in all. In every way possible. Not Sean Belby. Yeah, he'll be he'll be on at some point. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a strong walk-on presence. We got to uh got to make sure that they're not forgotten about. Oh, no, they'll never be forgotten on this on this podcast. Yeah. Hundred percent, but yeah, no. In just terms of uh, in terms of those guys, I mean, it, it was great watching those guys grow up. I would, I would go to St. Andrews. St. Andrews had two tournaments every single year, and they, they would have a bunch of NBA guys every year. So it was yeah. uh, it, it was just it was just great to grow up in that in that uh, time uh, in in that area of the country, and and I got to see a lot of players just just grow and make it to the NBA. I mean, moving into college, I guess, like I said, very unrelatable thing, like what you just described, the recruiting process. <laughs> Having like Coach Bayheim and Wright and Coach K in your living room trying to get you to go to their school, but um, Nova years like you know your freshman year. Obviously, it's your freshman year. That team was very good. All your teams were very good, but um, I'd, I'd have to imagine when you're not getting the playing time you want, 
you know, you're not necessarily in the role you want. That was very unrelatable for you. So you've been asked this like a million times, but is there anything you want to add like to other answers that you've ever given where it's just like kind of tough that was, how, how you worked through it? Yeah, it, it was tough, man. And honestly, I mean, nope, no coach d- tries to do this to a player, but I, at times I lost my confidence. You know what I mean? I, I was a yeah. Uh, you go from scoring twenty nine hundred points in high school to being <laughs> to being a eighth or ninth man on a team, and it's tough. You know what I mean? I, I went, I shot, I think like twenty eight percent from three my freshman year of college, um, and it was nothing else from just being a confidence thing. I, I think um, going to my sophomore year, I really wanted to to play well be effective and yeah even my sophomore year I started I think 16 games and um and then I came right right back off the bench it was one of those things where it was um it was a little bit of a fit thing it was a little bit of um uh, me not being the best defender um and honestly I mean coach right system you got to be able to guard one through five and at the time and you know what I mean it was just I wasn't able to do that I wasn't strong enough to guard the post and I wasn't quick enough to guard the perimeter so it kind of made it tough when Sadiq Bey can guard one through five and is knocking down shots. And, I mean, I, w- I would have played Sadiq Bey over me too. So, um, I mean, in, in terms of that, it's tough. You know what I mean? You go from being a top 40 recruit coming out of high school, play- playing against some of the best teams and, and players and being in the Jordan brand game and sitting next to Zion. And then, then you're sitting on the bench at Villanova. And yeah. me and Javon Quinley kind of went through it together. You know what I mean? We, we realized it was a different level of basketball. Um Coach Wright's a Hall of Fame coach who really knows what he's doing. We won the Big East yeah. and we did all these things. So it, you, you couldn't argue from that standpoint. And I, I wouldn't argue with him anyways. You know what I mean? He's, he's a great coach. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think overall it's tough. But at the end of the day, you got to look at yourself. I've always been a I don't point fingers, I point thumbs kind of guy. So that, that was kind of like my yeah. time at Nova. Definitely. That's why I feel like people like – I don't know if they necessarily factor that in as much. They kind of just think face value, like, oh, you're playing at Villanova, you're getting all this stuff, you're traveling places. It's like that's the life. No matter, like, you can't really complain about playing time. But at the end of the day, if it's like no matter what level you're at, if you're not getting the playing time, not getting, like, the opportunity that you want, it's going to be so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even Duncan Robinson talks about it. He just signed a, yeah. a big contract, and then he, then he falls out of rotation when it comes to the playoffs. And it's like, hey, like, as a competitor – you want to be on the court no matter what. And, like, this has been your your sacred yeah. ground your whole entire life is being able to go out and compete. And that's why, like, this past year at Syracuse, I, I consider going back, even though, like, Coach Beheim was like, hey, Cole, you got to go. Because I, I just loved competing and loved being out there and just loved uh, just playing in front of those big crowds and those big-time games. And Because it, mm-hmm. it was the first time I really felt that I was a main contributor on, on, on a big-time team. So I, I think anytime uh, you're a player, you want to be out there. You want to be out there. Yeah. I mean, regardless, anyone says they're not, line, well, I was fine last year not going. <laughs> yeah, you have the, you, you had the wherewithal, you, you had the wherewithal to know, yeah. unlike some other people, you know what I mean, that, that hey, like, <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm blessed to be here, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to work yeah, hard. Yeah, exactly, but, I was, I was happy to be there. And I'm, and I'm going to have, and every single time I go in the game I'm at the end. to be here, that guy. Yeah, if, and every single time I go in at the end, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get a bucket. Yeah, yeah. Simple as exactly. that. Exactly. Always going up every time. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, you mentioned going to Cuse, obviously. But uh, what were you kind of looking for when you when you decided to leave? We'll talk about when you decided to leave and how tough that was. And then, like, once you're in the portal, like, how similar is that to getting recruited? 
Or is it completely different? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it, I, I felt like I kind of knew what college basketball was at that point. I knew exactly what I wanted. Right. Um, so, I mean, when, when I left Villanova, it was really tough because, obviously, you, you win a lot of games. You know what I mean? You're you're part of the team. Like, I, I played 20 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Even if it wasn't what I wanted yeah. at the time, I mean, I was still a, a valuable member of the team. Um, I played big minutes in our in our tournament games and um, – had scored <laughs> scored almost double digits in both those tournament games. And, yeah, um, it, it was tough, but at the same time, I knew what I was capable of, and I knew at the time I just needed I didn't need to change. I needed to change mentally. I needed to change physically for my own growth, and um, just kind of play the way I could. And then, I mean, getting recruited in the transfer portal for me was totally different because I, hey, I I knew the questions to ask, what it was gonna be like, and. I wasn't trying to waste anybody's time, and once Coach Bayheim called and kind of laid out the plan, it was it was it was an easy decision for me to go there, and and like what I was looking for at the time was just an opportunity, you know what I mean? An opportunity with a clean slate, with 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 a coach and a program that plays on a big time stage. There's no there's no bigger stage than Syracuse in the dome, you know what I mean? And it was it was an easy decision for me. Yeah, you kind of mentioned it before, but like I think maybe one of the best parts about coach is like if it's you or Joe or Buddy or whoever who, like, is playing, he is fine with you going, like, two for 13. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he'll have the exact same amount of confidence in you. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, VC, we're playing VCU in, in the Bahamas, and yeah, I went two for 14, had six points, and I was losing my mind after the game. And Coach Bayham yeah. goes, son, I'm playing you no matter what, son. I'm playing yeah. no matter what. And, like, for me at that right. time, it, it gave me the most confidence. And then the next day, I've, I think I had 19 against Arizona State, um, and, 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 we, and we beat him. So, for me, it was just, like, the the confidence that he had in me at that time just to be like, hey, Cole, you're playing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's something that I, I that that wasn't given to me at Villanova. And, and not, I'm not saying right. that <laughs> any players at Villanova I was yeah, yeah. at that time. No, but, I know what you mean. But, no, but Coach Bayheim gave me that confidence of, like, hey, like, son, you're, you're playing. <laughs> yeah. You're playing. It's cool, too, if you looked throughout, like, the players he's always had, like, whether it's G-Mac, Devo, Cooney, like, all those guys. It's like they always had so much confidence at all times. And that's, like, one of the more comforting things a coach could give you is, like, yeah, it's, if, if I go one for nine from three tonight, like, I'm not going to be on a hot seat tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much confidence. It's everything. As a shooter, I, I, yeah. I, obviously, you need, you got to put in the reps. You got to do the right things. Yeah. You got to have the a routine that's, right. you know what I mean, you go to every single day. But, I mean, I, I experienced it in the summer league too, not, not not to jump ahead. But after the first game, I think I passed yeah. up two or three shots that were wide open shots. And Coach Ham came into summer league the next day. He's like, cool, I need you to shoot the ball every single time you touch it. Yeah. And once Coach Ham told me that, I'm like, yeah. yes, thank yeah. you. You know what yeah. I mean? That's all I need to hear. 100%. That's all I need to hear. And then after that, it was just kind of smooth yeah. sailing from there. I'm hoping I get the same treatment from my men's league coach tomorrow <laughs> at Hoop City. But we'll see. Um, <laughs> you mentioned summer league. I mean, like, what was that like? What was that like three weeks like? Because from the outside looking in, like, you'd think that when you're experiencing that, it's like, oh, my God, this is amazing, this is awesome. But I'm sure you kind of just, it's like day by day, just, you're, you're like, it's normal for you. Yeah. So kind of talk about, like, the routine of it. And, I mean, you're in, what, you shoot 53% from three? Like. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, we obviously 
going to Lakers was a great situation for me. You know what I mean? We, we, only, mm-hmm. we only had one draft pick and Max Christie, who's a great young prospect. And um, yeah. a, a, after, after that, I mean, me and Scotty Pippen were, were really put put out there and we were able to play. Yeah, you um, had a ton of opportunity. A ton of opportunity. And uh, for a two-way, that's all you can ask for. You know what I mean? As a two-way, yeah. signed two-way on draft night. Um so when when I went there, it was it was treated like, hey, like like we're gonna play you, like we see a future in you, and and shoot the ball. Definitely. So I mean, from the beginning, we, we, we had a, we had a week training camp where, where we practiced twice a day, um, at, at the Lakers facility in in El, in El Segundo, uh, which is right next to the airport. If people don't know L A. Um, yeah. Right next to the airport, uh, we, we practiced there for a week, and then we went to San Francisco. San Francisco coach Handy coached us. Um, coach Handy is an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, one of the best trainers in the country as well. Um, he get ready for the game. You might have a shoot around, might not, and then and you kind of you have twenty minutes to warm up in San Francisco, and then once you get to Vegas, you have six minutes to warm up. So um, it, for me, it was all about just say like, go out there and shoot. You know what I mean? You're not gonna have the time that that, that you want to warm up, but uh, just go out there and shoot, play your game, and and let the chips fall where they may. So, I mean, the, the, the day-to-day routine of it was, was something that you had to get used to. And they said, honestly, it's kind of like an NBA schedule. You know what I mean? You're playing, you're playing a game every other night. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of downtime. So take advantage of your rest. Wake up the next day. Do what you need to do. You might have practice. You might not. And uh, just be ready to play when the lights come on. All right, Twy, we're going to take a quick break here for the first advertiser of the Swider Show, which currently is nobody. So... Um, if you're looking to advertise, support the show, we actually do have a PayPal link that we could uh, put in the description of the episode. It's on our Instagram, it's on our Twitter, it's on our Facebook. Um, not exactly sure why we have a Facebook. I haven't used Facebook in about seven years. But um, Swider Show, at Swider Show is our Instagram. Our Twitter is at Swider Show. The other thing we wanted to mention is our email address, which is Swider Show, Swider Show at Gmail. So we already got. Two emails, two whole emails so far. But, um, yeah, if you guys have, we'll, we'll probably do a couple mailbags if you hear about a guest and you want us to ask him a certain question. Or if you just want to interact with the fellas, then hit us up on on Gmail. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. Um, our first advertiser, which is nobody yet. Make sure you follow us on all platforms, like I just said in a segment like 10 minutes ago. That'll be right before this because Adam's going to chop it up, put it together. But, uh, yeah, let's get back into the life of Swider. So, pre-draft process. First thing I want to ask, when you're picking an agency, what's that like? Yeah, so during this time, I mean, I was still considering going back to school. Um, I actually yeah. call, I actually called uh, Leo Papillo, who was my AAU coach, and a couple of years ago, uh, he had put Terrence Mann onto an agent who, who at the time, I mean, he, Terrence was in a pretty similar situation as I was in terms of uh, the NBA. So uh, Bill Duffy helped him out a lot, and uh, it was a pretty easy decision for me. I, I chose Bill Duffy on uh, like pretty soon thereafter, and I mean, he, him as well as uh, the agent that I signed with Nico Falapovic just made made sure that. That I was comfortable with the decision, and we just went from there. So, um, mm-hmm. he he was, they, they've been great to me so far, and obviously helped me big time get get with the Lakers. So when you're like working out, as a lot of people see pre-draft stuff all over YouTube, all over Instagram, um, are you working out with guys from your agency? Is that how that works? 
Yeah, I think a lot a lot of it goes to uh, depending on on how highly rated the, the prospect is going into the draft. You know what I mean? So yeah, we we had we had Chet Holmgren in our in our draft class, and, and he did a lot of individual work when when guys like me, uh, Christian Brown, uh, Jabari Walker. Yeah, you live with Brown, right? Yep, I, I, live, I live with Christian yeah. there. So, so we all went out. We all went out, out to Santa Barbara. Worked out at P three, which is obviously one of the best places in the world to work out. Honestly, I mean they have right. Um, they have a lot of the best technology. A lot of a lot of pros go there in the offseason workout. James Harden, Joel Embiid. I mean, all those guys. They all head out to Santa yeah. Barbara and work out. Um, Sixers. So, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of Sixers guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. So we, we, we were training with the best. Uh, Bill Duffy's been doing his pre-draft there for a while. And then, um, so you do that in the weight room, uh, peak performance project, shout out, shout out P3. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after that, we, we, we would go on the court and I got to work out with uh, Packy Turner and, and, and Charlie Torres. Charlie Torres was my main trainer. Uh, Charlie Torres, yeah. Torres is, is Clay, Clay Thompson's guy. So it was a really good fit and a really good decision by my agent, Nico Falapovich, to, to, uh, to, to put me with put me with Chuck Charlie Torres yeah um, so so yeah the, the normal day would be wake up go to P3 um, yeah I was I, gonna I, ask that pr- probably after that 2pm uh, get in the gym with Charlie and then Charlie was always available to go back at night and shoot so um, mm-hmm. I did I did that for, for about a month before I started working out with teams like pre-draft workouts do you get to keep that gear yeah yeah you do so uh, like so. do you have like you have gear from everywhere yeah, no. So I started, I started kind of giving away some to my friends, um, the, my friends who attended my pre-draft party, or my draft party. Oh, so, here we go. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll Dude, get into I was that. in New York. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. But it seems like it, it would make sense for me to, uh, to get some of that gear. Hey, I mean, no, I mean, I, I mean, you can't be walking around in like a Washington Wizards. Oh, you exactly. Know what I, mean? I can't, but you can't. Yeah, no. It honestly depends on the team. Um, yeah. I mean, the Lakers gave us four or five shirts each and then some teams I'm not going to name the teams but they'll just give you it's like pretty a, sick just shorts yeah it's pretty sick I've always wondered that like what the protocol is there and then yeah, a typical no. typical workout like pre-draft workout what does that look like yeah I mean all of them are pretty similar honestly I mean uh, usually you start out with some some sort of like you're obviously doing like a lot of testing so you do the wingspan yeah. you do all that type of testing the vertical jump which I try to not partake in whenever I could they're pretty uh, simple though right yeah, pretty simple workouts. Yeah. Then you would go into some sort of skill work, if that was shooting, if that was ball right. handling, if that was just to get your body warm. After that, you go into some sort of one-on-one or defensive drill to, to kind of see what, what you're made of in terms of one-on-one. You know what I mean? For, for me, <laughs> they would have me just put me in a lot of one-on-one defensive situations, see how, see how I, I would react, uh, deservingly so, uh, coming from Syracuse in the 2-3 zone. Uh, yeah. And then after that, you after those one-on-one games, you play three-on-three. Uh, you probably do three on three for about 25, 30 minutes. And then after that, you shoot 100 threes, and then and you're done. The workout's usually around an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, What's the but, most you made out of 100? So in Sacramento, I made 86. 86, wow. yeah. So I, I have the records at, at probably three or four places. It was me, A.J. Green, and, and Buddy who were battling for all the records at, at all the places. Really? So, yeah, no, it was funny. Sick. It was funny. I mean, uh, I remember uh, – at a couple of places, like oh, like you're you're tied with Buddy Bayheim here, oh, you're tied with, and then and then every single place I went, it was it was every single place. I mean, me and Buddy worked out at it. It was yeah. we, we had the record, I mean, not, and then and then uh, not AJ shocking at all. AJ Green would uh would be up there too. Yeah. And then I uh, I mean you already referenced it, but 
draft night at your house. Kind of like talk about that because obviously that's I was talking about it before. Like I mentioned it a couple times where it's a lot of people can't relate to what your life is like at that point. It's like a you know I mean any kid who's ever picked up a basketball it's like what you dream of. But I feel like that's definitely a night where like twelve year old Swider is like very prevalent you're like oh my god this is unbelievable like everything's kind of coming to fruition and then also touch on like your other options because i feel like um you know when you get a two-way deal it's like i'm assuming the lakers weren't weren't the only ones that were reaching out yeah so in terms of draft night i mean it's one of those things a guy in my position has has no idea what's going to happen on draft night i mean Mm -hmm. i went back to to three teams for second workout so i thought i went back to atlanta hawks milwaukee bucks and, and the lakers and yeah. I, knew the, I knew the Kings and the Trailblazers were really interested in, in me as well for yeah. possible destinations. So I knew those five teams. My mom bought those five hats. Um, and then on draft night, I, uh, you, just, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, my, my agent yeah. did a great, great job of informing me of the teams that were interested. Um, but I knew those three teams that brought, invited me back for second workouts. It, it, I thought those teams were uh, the most yeah. interested. So, um, I mean, draft night was, was amazing. I mean, just, just having the people that I loved around me. Um, a lot of my close friends growing up, my high school coach, uh, my AAU coaches growing up, um, just just a lot of people. Even even like my, my parents' friends who who've been with me this whole entire process yeah. and, and and came to our games at Syracuse and Villanova, and um, it was just a, a night where uh, it was amazing. So I mean, at, at the first round I was just kind of just chilling, you know what I mean, and yeah, uh, just kind of just sitting there, just just I mean talking to everyone, and then when, once the second round started. Yeah. I don't know if you guys notice this, but like the second round picks go like this. So like you're yeah, they're so quick. They're, they're two minutes so, a piece, right? Two minutes a piece. So it's like all right, yeah. like, we're at thirty three. Did you um, did you have like any inkling that you might get drafted, or no? So I mean, th- there was a team that told me if if they trade into the late second round, that that they w- I would be in high consideration that they would draft me. Really? And, yeah. So I mean, I'm not going to name the team, uh, but really. That team ended up drafting. Name teams and see if I get it right. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll shake my head to you <laughs> on the screen, but no, uh, no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. We could be here yeah. all night. I'll name all thirty. S- seriously, but uh, one team told me that I would be in high consideration, and that team ended up trading towards the end of the draft. Um, no way. They had actually end up trading for the last pick in the draft. Um, I'll see. You're almost Mr. Irrelevant. Almost, almost, and uh, they ended up going going another direction. And honestly, the Lakers called me at fifty five and told me, "Hey, if if, if you if you yeah. go undrafted, that you're going to get this two way." And uh, so, so at that point, is like I feel like maybe explain what a two way deal is because if I'm being honest, I don't really understand all the intricacies of it. And a lot of people with you and Buddy both signing them ask me, and I just kind of like BS my way through it and explain like yeah. the Cliff Note version. But like, what's like from a perspective of someone who's on a two-way, what is a two-way? Yeah, I mean, a, a two-way deal is, is it, put, it puts you on both rosters, right? So it puts you on the G League yeah. roster and the main roster. Right. It's up to 45 games, right? Yeah, up to 50 games. So you get paid ha- half the league minimum. Um, you can play up to 50 games with the team, and you're on both rosters, right? So uh, they put it in a couple years ago. A couple years ago, it was only $75,000 guaranteed. And then you get paid a, a minimum game check for every single game you played. Which yeah. is obviously good money, but 
having the kind of the, the security now of like, hey, no matter if I play in the G League or the NBA, I'm still going to get that half the rookie rookie minimum is obviously a nice nice paycheck. Yeah, um, I mean, nice paycheck. Um, so that, that gives that, you more stability, right? Because you know you're guaranteed. Like, because I I feel like a lot of people don't know. the G League. It's you play like if you're just a G League player, you play in the G League, but any NBA team can scoop you up, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. for for me, it kind of gave me the stability of knowing, hey, I'm going to be with the Lakers. At least I'm in two way. But yeah, so so it honestly it puts you on both rosters. But you're the 16th and 17th man on, on the NBA roster, and um, yeah, it, it's it's obviously a great opportunity. And a lot of guys in the second round get signed to two ways. So um, ha- having the flexibility to kind of choose where where you go is something that that that's great about the two way, and it gives guys like me and Buddy a a shot. To, to go out there and yeah, prove what we can do and, and obviously make the roster. Mm-hmm. So once it gets later into the second round, are, are you kind of hoping in a way that it's not like obviously you'd be like anyone wants to get drafted, but there's definitely been more benefit now with the two-way deal than maybe if you go like 58 and it's a different type of situation, right? Yeah, no, I, I think um, – I think with the two-way deals, it, it, it makes going undrafted like a lot more valuable. I said this in my Lakers right. uh, press. I had a presser with the Lakers like right before the draft, and I said it, it, it makes it a lot more valuable. Where before, undrafted guys may have not been. Looked yeah, at I saw the same. that interview. Yeah, and, and undrafted guys may not looked at the same. So I think overall, just gave me a lot of flexibility. And, the, and once the Lakers call, I, I knew it was it was a great fit. Obviously, with having those th- the three stars that we do, LeBron, AD, and Russ, it, it just gives us. Uh, they they need shooting out there, and I, and I knew it'd be yeah. a great fit. Maybe the listeners don't know you're one of the bigger LeBron fans I've ever met. <laughs> obviously, before you were teammates with him, I don't know that might embarrass you a little bit, but uh, what like take us through the first time you met him? Yeah, so the first time I met him was in summer league, and shout out Nick Giancola. Like it was, it's unreal because me and him would watch LeBron videos. <laughs> yeah, you guys are upset, Snick. Nick J. Cole, another walk-on. Um, me and Swire's real good friend. I lived in the same place as Snick last year. Swire would come over and, uh, yeah, just endlessly play the loudest Madden games of all time and then watch 2018 LeBron highlights. Oh, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable just kind of just being a LeBron fan, you know what I mean? Just, just Yeah. They, they no, get picked up by the same team, but – but the first time I met him was actually at Summer League. He uh, he came to our first game of Summer League and then stayed in Vegas for yeah. a couple of days and, and worked out. And uh, so I, I kind of, like, placed my bags near him a little bit. And then uh, he, he came over and, and came up and dapped me up. He was like, what up, Cole? And when, when he said, what's up, Cole, I was like, wow, this is unreal. Yeah. He addressed me by I mean, my LeBron first name. knowing you by name is insane. Yeah. I mean, like, it makes sense why he would. But, like, for yeah. me, it, just, no. it was just unbelievable. So. I mean, just just meeting him was was great, and then just seeing him work at work every single day has been unbelievable. I mean, him, AD, Russ, yeah. they they all have like this business like approach. They, they they do the same thing every single day. They come in, they get their right. work in, they leave, and they're probably doing other workouts, and they're probably they probably have six, seventy other things with their kids, where with their wives, with uh, other engagements they have to go to, and uh, that that money's well earned for sure. Yeah, does that ever have you reached the point yet where you? feel like nor not normal around him obviously you feel normal around him the whole time but like you know what I mean where it's like your day to day just becomes reality so at this point are you kind of just like oh it's up LeBron or are you still I mean, a little starstruck 
I wouldn't say starstruck. You can I mean, be honest. We could cut this. Like, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say starstruck. I would say for me, it's more like, like, hey, like you worked your whole life for this. Like, like be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. If, you're, if if you're not yourself, right. then they're gonna see that. They're gonna see that. They're gonna smell smell through the the BS. And yeah, I mean, the first day I walked in there, I, I told LeBron and AD, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you guys space. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna give you guys space on the court. You guys can do what you can do. So I think just going in there with the confidence, going in there with with a, with a mindset of just hey, like I'm not supposed to be here, so I'm just gonna go in there and just prove everyone yeah. wrong. And that's what I try to do in summer league, and that's what I'm just trying to do moving forward. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely belong there. Um, can we mention the group message thing or no? Oh yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. it was funny. So <laughs> the screenshot's so funny. Yeah, so I I sent it around to a couple of my closest friends. I mean, so Anthony yeah. Davis started a group chat with the team, just kind of just introducing himself. You know what I mean? Like this is gonna be our team group yeah. chat for the year. So uh, he's like, everyone dropped their names. So of course I'm the first one to to to, yeah. to, to get went, on there went, and, with the quick thumbs up and then the oh with the with the quick like. Yeah. And, Hey, I'm Cole Swider. I'm Cole Swider. Uh, so I, I put my whole name, Cole Swider. Um, next thing you know, I mean, everyone's putting their nicknames, right? So um, yeah, LeBron puts I mean, the king emoji. Also, LeBron putting the crown emoji is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. He deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah, every, it's not like anyone's like, oh, who's that? Yeah. So uh, and then everyone like Patrick Bev's putting Mister Ninety Four. You know what I mean? Yeah. And AD's just putting AD. Like everyone, some people are putting their first names, and I was the only person to put their full name. Full name, ne- yeah. Next thing you know, AD, AD and LeBron are just making fun of me. So, I mean, it comes with the yeah. territory, you know what I mean, a rookie, and uh, just kind of going from there. Yeah, it's a good sign, though. I feel like if they're, like, busting your balls, then. But also, like, what would you have gone with? Like, Swee? Swider? I, I, I was thinking for CS? I think I have to be a little established, but I think I'm going to do, the next time I'm going to do, I'm going to do Cole, like, my first name Cole, and then the world emoji. World emoji. Oh, Cole World. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I gotta figure out my line for when I'm added in that group. Probably just Casey. Yeah, Case. <laughs> no, Notre Dame um, fan. Dude, we're not bringing that up. That's not what this is about. We're recapping your life right now. <laughs> no, that was fine. Mar- Mar- Marshall was a good team back in like the seventies. Seventies is a stretch. I mean, they were good like a week ago. Oh, they they were, had to figure it figured out. They, they really they had to figure it out this weekend. It, yeah, Freeman is the guy. I still believe that, but yeah, uh, yeah tough start. Very tough start. What's the Lakers facility like? Yeah, no, I think it's one of the best facilities in the league. You know what I mean? You walk in. My, yeah. my, my dad, uh, my dad actually came into the facility. My mom and dad actually got a tour, which was which was amazing of the Lakers to do. And yeah, my dad always talks about you walk in and it's it's a gold door. It's like you're in the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? It's yeah, literally. And then, and then you walk I mean, the in. the Snapchats and, and stuff you send, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, and then you walk in, and for me, it's like I think the most impressive thing about it is that you walk in, and, and they really uh, <laughs> you have a lot of Hall of Famers, and they have a lot of all-time greats. You know what I mean? You look up and yeah. you see Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Jerry West, uh, just the George Mikan. You know what I mean? Just the the amount yeah. of players and James Worthy and. Just the just the players who are, who are up there and the kind of like what being a Laker represents. It gives me chills every yeah. time I walk into the facility. So, um, it's it's an unbelievable facility. They do a great job maintaining it. Unbelievable weight room, locker rooms are, are great. We have a, a yeah, really I mean, cool, that's nuts. really cool uh, like players lounge, and I mean it's unbelievable. Like I said, not the most relatable thing in the world for 
for a guy like me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out here. We'll get you out here. And we'll yeah, no, out. I'll be there soon. I'm hoping this uh, blows up so I could just, you know, start living in on your, on your couch and just doing this full time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess finally just sort of wrap it up. Can you talk to, like, where you're at now? I don't know how many things you can keep close to the vest or, or give, us a, give us a sneak peek, but, I mean... I mean, I'm 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 working out every single day. I'm out in LA right now, just working out and getting ready for yeah. training camp. Uh, LeBron's hosting a little mini camp out in San Diego, which will be good. I'm going out there uh, this September 22nd, and then after that, just kind of getting right into training camp, preseason games. It's it's, it's weird, you know what I mean? You go from college, uh, <laughs> practicing for six months to get ready for uh, yeah. your, your first game, and then the NBA. It's like all right, like we're gonna practice for a week, and then we're we're gonna play the Warriors. Yeah, that's insane. So, so it's just you one of those. Have, don't you have three games the first four days of preseason? Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we we play a lot of preseason games. I think we play like five or six preseason games. And then our first game is October eighteenth, which is a little over a month away, which is crazy. And then, yeah, that's and nice. then it's gonna be nonstop to hopefully June. Hopefully June, we're raising that Larry Ob. Yeah, I mean we'll get we'll get into that. You're like welcome to the NBA moment. I'm like looking at the other side of the court and Steph warming <laughs> up. What that'll be like? Yeah, no, I mean ha- having having LeBron. I'm. I don't think there's another person. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. I mean Steph. Yeah, Steph's right. obviously one of the, the game's greats, but yeah, just having LeBron on your team you, uh, for me it gives me a little sense of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it obviously should. Yeah, I mean you mentioned training camp, mini camp with LeBron in San Diego, but can you kind of. Give a sneak peek into where you're at, like contractually, and and what you're kind of looking to accomplish with with training camp, and maybe maybe trying to get some good news here. Yeah, no, for sure. I think summer league kind of gave me a good, a, a, yeah, a good, a good start. And I think coming coming back in August, everything's been going well. Um, been playing really well, been shooting the ball at a pretty high level, and just trying to just trying to prove what I can do at, at this level. I think I think for me, it's all about just doing what I do every single day, and hopefully, just trying to gain a full roster spot. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm very happy with with, with 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 the situation I'm in, and and Definitely. if I'm on a two way all year, I'll be very happy. But at the end of the day, as an NBA player, you're always trying to you're always trying to yeah. Get, uh, be, be a be a full time NBA player trying to crack your way into the rotation and everything like that. So I think this preseason for me is just taking that next step, um, listening to the coaches, trying to fit in with LeBron, AD, and Russ, and and all the other great players that we have. So um, for for me, I mean, contractually, I'm on a I'm on a two way contract right now, but um, just just fighting every single day to try and get bumped up. Yeah, what's the timing like of that? Yeah, so I mean, the the training camp's coming up. We have two open roster spots, and everyone in the league wants to play for the Lakers. So we're having all, all these guys yeah. come in for free agent workouts and um, everything like that. So uh, when, when they see two open roster spots on, on the Lakers, a, a, lot, a lot of people are yeah. interested playing with LeBron, playing on that stage. So um, I, I think we're, we'll know uh, who, who's going to be the last. I think we have three Exhibit 10 contracts left, and then uh, we'll figure out who those are. And then after that, the, those those roster spots will be will, will be up for grabs. I, I think you know what I mean. I think a couple of people will, will get signed here in the next couple of weeks, yeah. and then we'll go into training camp and, and really battle it out. That's sweet. I mean, obviously we'll be we'll be updating on here weekly with with where you're at and how everything's Definitely. going. So, um, what's the life? What's the LA life been been like? You're at the Chargers game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's Chargers game yesterday, and. Uh, 
I don't know if it was uh, it was earned yet, but I got put up on the jumbotron. Uh, just really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got put Holy up on the jumbotron. Shit, that's awesome. Yeah, with my boy Jack, and I, it was it was obviously a great experience, but uh, yeah, they, they put the up Paul George. Uh, no, they weren't going wild. I don't think they knew yeah. who I was. <laughs> but they put up Paul George, and then they put up Cole Swider. So it was. Uh, hey, that counts. Hey, that's hilarious, though. Yeah, I'll take I'll take what I can get out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would you give a nice wave? What was your move? Yeah, just 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 right hand yeah, up. Act like you've been there before. Yeah. Which I have. Do they tell you that's happening before it happens? So the, the <laughs> funny story. I mean, the guy came up to me and was like, "Hey, we're, we're gonna get you on camera," and I'm like. I'm like looking around, like, like, <laughs> like, are you talking to me? Because uh, I mean, I I did get tickets from from a Lakers uh, personnel, so yeah. The, the word was that there's a Los Angeles Laker in the, in, in the yeah in the, in the booth in the in the in the lounge that we were in. So uh, <laughs> obviously, the, probably the last person people would expect or, or know on the Los Angeles Lakers shows up to the game, and uh, they put Paul George on the camera and. Uh, people were cheering and stuff like that, and then they put like a like an Olympic level skateboard on the camera. You know what I mean? So pr- two pretty well known people, and then they put up yeah. Cole Swider, and everyone's like, "All right, yeah. all right." That's hilarious. I was like, "Can I make a couple threes first before we start putting me up on jumbo trips?" Yeah, that's like that's like a bucket list thing now. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm assuming now you you just gotta go every week now, so they just keep doing it. Like just keep, getting my, keep getting my numbers Rams up. games, yeah. everything. Like yeah, Cole Swires well. in the Billy. Yep, yeah, might as well. Thanks, Patty, for uh, the interview. But next week's guest, yeah. we're, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna post on social media and, and kind of go from there. Really, really excited for this next guest, and uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, tuning in next Thursday with the next guest. I have a couple shout outs. Yeah. I want to shout out my. It's gonna be my grandmother's birthday the day that this drops. So, uh, another happy birthday, happy birthday uh, to my, one of my old high school assistants, Alex Simeone. It's gonna be his birthday when wow. it drops. So uh, just just two quick little shout outs um, for their birthdays and I'm trying to think I don't know if I have any shout outs but but yeah no obviously uh, th- thanks to Patty and we're really excited to get this thing going um, yep me Jake um, Adam uh, Patty we're really excited just to, to, to keep this thing going and this might be a long winded episode but we're obviously really excited to get this thing going yeah. Yeah, it went a little longer than we expected. That, that's good, though. I feel like, you know, going over is better than going under, as For they sure. say. Oh, we should mention, probably, logistically with the podcast, you'll be able to listen to this uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. iHeartRadio, I think, is one of them, I believe. And we're playing on Thursdays, right, Swatter? Yep. Releasing every Thursday, so... So tune yep. in. New episode every Thursday. We're going to try and keep between like 45, hour and 15. Um, obviously, with, with if an interview is going great, we're going to you know not cap it just because we want to keep it within a certain time frame. But got a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys. Like I said, hit up the uh, hit up the Gmail with any suggestions, anything you want to see incorporated with the show. Um, and, yeah, thanks for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to keep this thing going. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, Adam Lewis. Swider Show was created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.